0: Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, May 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The chair of Samsung is sitting in a prison on the outskirts of Seoul, and U.S. businesses want him released. We'll explain why. And cryptocurrencies cratered after a warning from Chinese regulators. But was it really just that?
1: It doesn't always take a lot to move this market. It's sometimes it's a little bit like a flock of birds that you see that all of a sudden change direction and you're not quite sure why.
0: And the biggest name in alternative milk is set to hit the public markets today. We'll see what kind of appetite investors have for Oatly. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. South Korea's president is set to meet with U.S. President Joe Biden tomorrow. And U.S. companies are prodding President Moon Jae-in to free the chairman of Samsung, his country's most powerful conglomerate. Lee Jae-yong is serving a a year-and-a-half sentence for bribing a former South Korean president. The FT has seen a letter from the American Chamber of Commerce in Korea to President Moon. It says the strategic partnership with the U.S. is at risk if Samsung is not more fully engaged in Biden's efforts to try and strengthen the U.S. semiconductor industry. The pressing need for America to build up its domestic production has been highlighted by the global chip shortage. Samsung, meanwhile, has been weighing big chip investments in the U.S., Samsung's chair still controls the company, but apparently he can't make split-second decisions needed for global deal-making. US companies argue that pardoning him is in the best economic interests of both countries. But this could be tricky, and it's no sure thing. President Moon promised to discontinue the controversial practice when he ran for office. That's a commercial for the non-dairy milk company, Oatly. It aired during this year's Super Bowl, and the singer is Oatly's CEO, Tony Peterson. You see him in the middle of a field playing a keyboard, and man, is that tune catchy. But anyway, the company's about to find out if its shares are catchy, too. Yesterday, Oatly priced its initial public offering at $17 a share, which gave it a valuation of about $10 billion. The FT's Emiko Terrazono told me about the company's appeal to consumers.
2: It's really set out its environmental case. It's also um, characterised by this really quirky brand. And I think that's really captured the um, imagination of young consumers. One of the big marketing points was that it went through coffee uh, cafes and coffee shops, getting them baristas to use its barista version. And through that, it's managed to rejuvenate the oat milk and create a new category, as it were. And it's overtaken soy and threatening almonds as well. It's got big margins. As an investor, that's quite attractive, I think.
0: She says investors do have a reason to be cautious, though.
2: You know, the oat milk um, category is becoming more and more crowded. And so if you're an investor or an analyst, you, do, you should worry that, you know, wh- whether this is just a flash in the pan or not.
0: Emiko Terrazono is the FT's Commodities Reporter. Cryptocurrencies plunged into chaos on Wednesday. The madness started after Chinese authorities warned financial institutions not to accept cryptocurrencies as payment or offer related services and products. Bitcoin dropped more than 30%. Other virtual currencies nosedive too, as did shares in related companies like the cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase. Now, many investors pared back most of their losses over the course of the day, but it was still pretty messy. To find out more about what happened, I'm joined by the FT's Philip Stafford. Hey, Philip. Good morning. Um, Philip, how chaotic was it? How would you describe it? The
1: Cryptocurrency market, as as we've all learned in, in its development over the past decade, can be a pretty volatile place, and Wednesday was was no real exception. Um, you know, it is a market that is is very much driven by sentiment. It's not always connected with with underlying fundamentals. And there have been several things that have, in recent days and weeks, that have gradually turned uh, sentiment sour. The market has, has sort of been drifting lower quite steadily over the last few weeks. And on Wednesday, it all seemed to crack.
0: How much influence do Chinese traders and Chinese financial institutions have in global cryptocurrency markets? Is it a lot? I mean, it seems like it does.
1: Yes. Yeah, so one of the the interesting uh, points about the cryptocurrency markets is that, yes, it, the Chinese authorities don't really approve of, of this. And yet there's so much of, of the, the cryptocurrency infrastructure, I think, about the mining of it that is powered out of China. So you have... Just that, that general sentiment, I think, more, more than anything else, there weren't any concrete steps that the Chinese central bank would take. It doesn't always take a lot to move this market. It, sometimes it, it's a little bit like a, you know, a, um, a flock of birds that you see that all of a sudden change direction and you're not quite sure why.
0: How much of this, if anything, has to do with the fact that uh, China is launching its own digital currency
1: there's certainly an element of competition from central banks to launch their own digital currencies. And in a way, it's, it, it's really about the essence of who controls the, the supply of, and distribution of money to its citizens. Having said that, you know, the, Ch- one of China's policies for many, many years now has been to really tightly control the amount of money that can flow out of China. And and to the outside world, China has always very closely watched the flow of money and the Chinese government isn't about to give up that sort of control. Equally, even internally in China, we've seen many times over over the last decade, the authorities have cracked down on people being scammed and any uh, retail trading is very closely monitored. And so there's a whole series of, of factors that the authorities consider that.
0: So, Philip, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but do you think this plunge in the value of cryptocurrency products is going to be permanent?
1: Well, I think the first thing to point out from the last crash is that because cryptocurrencies, especially Bitcoin, aren't really based on on fundamentals that you might recognize in in a, a stock market, is that it is prone to sentiment. Last time, the price more than halved, and over a few years, it has more than doubled. And there really is no reason why exactly the same pattern can't play out again. So that's one thing to bear in mind. The second is that because we've seen this rapid rise and falls several times now over the life of Bitcoin, the asset is no less volatile now than it it ever was. And and so, you know, if it it rises again, there's, there's no reason perhaps why it won't continue to be volatile in the future.
0: Philip Stafford is the editor of FT Trading Room. Before we go, do you remember when some of former President Donald Trump's stimulus checks ended up going to unintended recipients? It seems President Joe Biden is having the same problem. This time, a bunch of Biden's $1,400 checks have ended up in Japan. In the hands or in the mailboxes of pensioners. The FT reports that some banks in Tokyo have been jammed with elderly Japanese people trying to cash them. One 75-year-old man who worked in the U.S. during the 1970s received a check. He said, quote, I thought America was amazing. But the U.S.'s Internal Revenue Service has confirmed that non-residents are not eligible and says misfire checks should be returned to an address in Austin, Texas. The Japanese pensioner who thought America was so amazing, his bank wouldn't cash his check without proof of eligibility, and he said his windfall, quote, ended as a brief dream. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news.